And I, I feel like there's so many people in those shoes that they're doing the right thing. You know, they're eating right. They're making sure they get the sleep. They're exercising, but they're not necessarily really deeply listening, listening to that that inside fear that happens because the mind is, is so out of control. All right, guys, growing your wellness business doesn't have to mean working around the clock and feeling exhausted. So welcome to the Healthy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Feldman, and I have been in your shoes. I've been in the wellness space for over nine years, and I know what it feels like to feel overwhelmed. I took my wellness business from 13K that first year and feeling fried and exhausted to over six figures. Now I'm a business coach for health and wellness professionals just like you, and I create done-for-you content and programs to help you save time and money so you can spend more time nailing down your niche, understanding your buyer avatar, attracting your ideal client, and building your business from the ground up the right way. So sit down and let's get started. Hey guys, I'm really excited to introduce to you my new friend, Lotus. She has been in this healing journey and this process for so long and works with clients in such a beautiful way. I just want to thank you for being here. Can you tell everyone a little about yourself? Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor and... Yeah, you know, it's interesting to reflect back and, and think about what do I want to share about who I am? Because there's always so much and it's such a rich question. <laughs> when I think about, you know, the, the work that I do helping others, you know, and I came to that out of my own need to heal myself. And so, you know, I came from a place where my childhood was, you know, I was cared for, but I didn't really get the the deeper needs met you know, the love that I needed. And so I adapted, you know, just like we all do. And so my life has been this, this long journey of, of finding my way from thinking that I needed to, to hide and pretend and people please and um, be who I thought everybody else needed me to be. And my point of view of life was from a place of fear. And so over time, I've been learning little by little, how to see life from a place of love. And so that came first through giving to others and trying to help others. And then really deepening that, that journey into how can I do that in an authentic and real way. And so in my twenties, I uh, started my counseling practice. So I've been a licensed professional counselor for 15 years and helped people through mindfulness and learning meditation and um, cognitive behavioral therapy and, and things that are really effective and helpful for people. And as my life crumbled, so to speak, <laughs> I realized, you know what, there's even more to go. I'm just saying that, you know, I was married for 15 years and that marriage dissolved. My ex-husband fell in love with someone else and uh, all of my dreams and visions of who I thought I was and how my life was going to be, they shifted. Wow. <laughs> they shifted. What were some so, of the ways that you have gone into the depths of healing yourself? Because when you said like it fell apart, what has really worked for you? And I'm sure it's a number of different things. 
There are so many. And, you know, and I think back to the early days when it was really, it was really a traumatic experience. I remember I didn't eat or sleep for several days because I was just so shocked at the shift in my life. And there was this beautiful practice from a woman named Tara Brock called Rain, where she teaches you how to be really present with what you're feeling and how to accept it, even if it's super hard and difficult and how to be with yourself in a loving way and nurture yourself. And so thankfully I'd already encountered that practice at that point in my life. And so I was able to call upon that and, and go through the depths of that emotional struggle and, and not have it last a really long time. Like I recovered relatively quickly. And I also was able to come out of it from a place where my heart was open and I could feel some gratitude and compassion and understanding for myself and for my ex. And many people who observed that process were just like, wow, how did you do that? I was going to say that's mind blowing because I know for me, it takes me more than one exercise to do, to let go and to process things. Mm -hmm. But I think you were probably made and created that way. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's definitely part of my makeup. And then too, you know, I also felt a calling to um, plant medicines. And so I spent a number of years practicing with some of these master plant medicine teachers. And those were instrumental in helping me to open my consciousness and open my mind to the bigger picture of what this life is about and to help me to touch into my own healing journey on a deeper level. And so since that time, some of the biggest things that I really incorporated into my work with people is being able to connect to their soul, connect to their intuition, and you know, to Mother Earth, and to these greater processes that are happening that we forget about because we're so busy doing in life. And, and, and a lot of times people are seeking more meaning than what they're initially, um, you know, encountering when they wake up in the morning, you know, there's, there's something missing. And so that's really what I'm focusing on now with my work with people is helping them to, to connect to their soul and to connect to some more meaning and purpose in their life. What do you think stops us from being able to tap into our intuition? Because I feel like, you know, there's so many, well, you have mindful moments you, you talk about mindful moments and we have so many of these moments in our life where intuition is needed, but we get pulled from it because we're just so busy in the world. What do you think also pulls people away from their intuition? Yeah, I, I feel like what happens or I know what's happened for me is I didn't even really know what it was. You know, and so I I I was raised in the in the world where the thinking mind was the way that we're supposed to operate in life. And and while the mind is, is so important, our brain is so important, right? It helps us to solve problems, to plan, to fix things. It takes over and it also is oftentimes untrained. And so it runs wild and that's what's keeping us up at night. It's keeping us from being able to have, you know, a sense of peace or calm in our lives because it just like never, turns off you know it's yeah. almost like when you have your feet on the gas pedal and it's and it, it, the, the car is in park and it's the it's just the car is revved up too high and we don't know how to turn that off or how to regulate it and so it's initially just understanding that you know the mind isn't 
necessarily the only thing and that we have to come into our body and have a relationship with our body. And so, um, you know, from my own journey, the other big crash and burn that I had, it was actually about the time that I met you. <laughs> so back when COVID happened, and there was all of a sudden this opportunity to work from home and become an entrepreneur. I just was like, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. That's what I want to do. And here's these people offering me this opportunity of how to do it. And I said, yes. And I was like, I'm going to run with this. And I completely ignored how stressed out I was and how much pressure I was putting on my body and what a difficult time that was in our society, in our world. And so... I ended up, you know, just being in such a stressed out state that my belief is it ate away at the soft tissue of my body. And I ended up needing to have both of my hips replaced. Oh, wow. So there was two years of my life where I couldn't walk. And it was so dark and so difficult and so needed to wake me up, (laughs) to wake me up, to realize I have to honor what my body is saying. And, And so... And I, I feel like there's so many people in those shoes that they're doing the right thing. You know, they're eating right. They're making sure they get the sleep, but maybe they're using things to help them sleep. You know, they're they're exercising, um, but they're not necessarily really deeply listening, listening to that that inside fear that happens because the mind is is so out of control and because we're so disconnected from our early, you know, traumas, our early experiences that um, create the fear in the first place. So we have to go within, we have to learn how to look inside and understand ourselves. And then to meet that with the sweetest, utmost compassion and kindness and self-regulation. I know for myself that time during COVID, I wish I was just saying to someone the other day, I wish I could have like zened out and said, oh, what an amazing opportunity to just be still. (laughs) But I was the opposite. I was like, oh my God, I don't know what's going to happen. And I sped up more. I overworked myself into a place where I really went into a massive burnout. And that's why I always Mm -hmm. say you have to be careful when you're building your business to Mm -hmm. really listen to your body and and see signs of burnout because building a business can be really hard but it's like when you start to see that your nervous system is shutting is shutting down and you're going into like flight or mm-hmm. fight or freeze, you're not in a good place. Yes, absolutely. It's really true. It's really true. Kind of even an extreme example, right? So those are, are very, very strong messages that we get. But there's also subtler ones that we can begin to t- tune into. Did I just wanted to return to your question about intuition. And our intuition is really a communication that's like a whisper. It's very soft. It's it's subtle. And so if we're always working in these extreme places, it's hard to hear the whispers. And so I like what you said about just getting quiet because it's in the quiet that we can really hear the messages that we need to. To go back to what you were saying about feeling about feeling that fear. It's like to be able to go into the quiet, you have to be willing to face the fears that come up because in the quiet is when those messages come and that stuff that we repress starts to come up. And so we have to be able to look within 
And I think about our audience listening. We have so many practitioners who are in this line of work similar to you, similar to myself, have come here from their own journeys. What do you think are some ways that they can regulate their nervous system? What are some ways that you that you would suggest? Yeah, well, I appreciate you pointing that out, you know, because it, it can be scary to get quiet. And if you're not used to it, you're going to want to do everything else but that. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's a, it's good to start small, I think, you know, just to have small moments where you tap in and you tune in. And then you can build on that and get and realize that you can create a relationship with that part of you and with that calmness and and learn that it's actually a safe place to be. And so, you know, initially, even just sitting with yourself and and doing some long, slow, deep breaths and promising, you know, I'm not going to think right now as best I can, or if I do, I'm going to allow the thoughts to be in the background and uh, to just have these periodic mindful moments throughout the day. And I'm a big believer in movement as a way to tune into ourselves too, but not necessarily always like aerobic. I'm doing this because I'm making my heart strong, but movement that allows your, your soul to express. And so I personally love to dance, <laughs> turn on the music and move my body in fun and creative ways. And I also love to, um, take advantage of other practitioners who can help me. So I really believe in acupuncture as medicine, oh. body work and massage as medicine. And then I, I love to just tune in. Another way of reaching my intuition really is through writing. And so in the morning I'll write. And sometimes it's about, you know, I'll write a plan for my day so I know what to expect. So my nervous system knows what to do and what's coming. But I also just like to write to myself, to creator, to, um, you know, I so I say God, but it's really, you know, your higher power with your source and be able to express some gratitude and um, and ask for help. And so that's a really sweet practice of a way to tune in and touch into that. Are you struggling with email marketing for your coaching business? Building an email list is crucial to connect with your clients and increase conversions, but it's not easy. That's where the Cleaning Hacks List Builder and Marketing Kit comes in. You'll get everything you need to build an email list of raving fans and potential clients, including a lead magnet, cover images, opt-in page, thank you page, and follow-up emails. And the best part, it's completely free. And if that isn't enough, I've also created video guides to walk you step-by-step through the setup process. Download your free kit and make it happen. I also have this meditation that I'd love to share with your listeners. So I will send you a recorded copy. I call it the arrival meditation. And this is really my all-time favorite thing to do. I teach it to every single person that I work with. And um, we can even do it right now if it sounds yes. sizzling. It's just yes. by all means. Yeah. And so what we're doing really is we're, we're choosing to arrive in the present moment and so we start by just looking around and looking with the eyes of a beginner's mind. So noticing colors and shapes and textures and movement and lighting and kind of stepping out of the cognitive mind and looking with the eyes of a child. And then we're also looking to confirm there's no tigers in the room and it's okay to close our eyes. 
And so you close your eyes and then that's the moment, right? That's the moment where you're, you're signifying to yourself that, okay, I don't need to think or do or act. All I need to do is be and to welcome in my loving awareness that loves me unconditionally, that wants me to feel peace and happiness in my life. And so it's opening with that sweetness, almost like a mother's love for her child and asking like, what can I notice right now in this moment? And noticing your body, how you're positioned, noticing your energy and your mood, noticing if there's tension in your body and where that might be, tuning in to any emotions that might be present, or even noticing the patterns of the mind if they're busy thinking about the future or the past. And then if you haven't already, placing a hand on your heart. This is my favorite part because this is when we really signify to ourselves that I care about how I'm feeling, feeling that comfort right there, that touch. Any mothers out there, you might remember holding your baby to your breast and that warmth and the connection. And then finding your breath and noticing if you're holding your breath, what it's like in this moment, and then taking a deep breath, long and slow through the nose, expanding the belly and the chest, and releasing with a sigh. <sighs> that was beautiful. That was so <laughs> simple and so easy, and yet it just helped to like take it down a notch. Yeah, and it literally takes one minute. You can do it anytime, anywhere. And the more times you do it, the more freedom you're going to experience in your life. You know, the more you're going to be able to shift from that stress into something really uh, so much sweeter. What would you say, you know, we're we're dealing with a lot of mental health issues these days, and I'm sure you see this in your practice. How do you, when you have somebody who comes to you with anxiety or depression, how do you kind of handle or what are some suggestions that you have? And especially because a lot of these coaches are health coaches and not clinical like you. Um, how would you suggest approaching these clients? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is to normalize that what they're experiencing is completely, completely normal. Like it's not that there's something wrong with them. It's that they're having an experience and they're basically... Um, receiving a communication about how they're doing right so it's good that they're they're reaching out for help and that they're recognizing that they that there's something that's not working well and so to really bring this like attitude of unconditional love and acceptance i think that's a, the biggest thing the most effective tool that a practitioner can offer someone else is to to let someone come into your field and say, you know what, it's okay that you're feeling this way. And, and just the removal of judgment is a healing modality in and of itself. And something that's pretty rare because we're so typically judging our own selves, you know. And if it's not us, then it's the people in our lives. And so to bring that peace and then to be able to help them to, to release some of that which they're experiencing. So some of the practices I mentioned earlier, the writing, the movement, the breath, being out in nature is really one of my, the biggest healers that we could possibly have is to just be on the land, be outside and to breathe fresh air. And, and then the last piece that I say is, is it's probably the miracle healer is gratitude. And, yeah. and so 
in every moment, there's something to be grateful for. And we can start with the big ones, right? I'm grateful that I have shelter, that I'm, a, I'm alive. <laughs> I actually have friends who, uh, just on a side note, they have this beautiful practice where every morning they wake up and they say to each other, yay, we're alive. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm listening um, and I'm seeing you, I mean, this will be on YouTube, but it's like, I see your vibrant. So for anybody who's wondering if this works, uh, you're a testimony even to that because you have so much vibrance and so much gratitude just pouring off of you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for that reflection. I appreciate it. I, I'm a recovering shy person. So I <laughs> literally talk to anybody for most of my life. So it is a pretty big transformation. <laughs> but really with the gratitude piece, you know, it's, it's actually, it's a training, it's a skill. Because um, ultimately, what you're doing is you're learning how to be grateful for the hard things too. Be grateful yeah. for that anxiety, that depression, because they're teachers, they're they're messengers that they're they're here to help us to to make the the shifts and the changes that we need to, the healing that we need to in our lives. And so, the more that we can be always looking at every moment for something to be grateful for, the more that it's available to us in those hard times where we're struggling. Talk to me, because I know your work a lot is centered around inner child work. Talk to me mm -hmm. about how that shows up for a person who really feels stuck in their life. Because we talked about people pleasing. We talked about showing up as like, I mean, I was that perfect puppet master. I thought that I needed to show up early trauma kind of stuff, needed to be mm -hmm. the perfect one, making sure everything was okay, needing to mm -hmm. be who I thought you needed me to be. How does that mm -hmm. show up in our client and what can we do to kind of help them shift through that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So really I, it's, it's actually just even having the awareness that that exists as well. Right. So it's just that education of recognizing that what happens to us when we're children, it stays with us our whole life. And when we, we need to acknowledge it and recognize it first, you know, and so it's just in that first step of realizing like, Oh, I'm still carrying those wounds today, and this is how it plays out. That's a huge piece, step one. And then step two is realizing that we need to be kind to that child. Yeah. <laughs> because most of the time, that's not what we do. We're just like, ah, dang it. Why is it still <laughs> like this? Why am I still doing this? Well, I want to go away. You know, I feel like I'm doing all the right things, but, but I'm not because I'm not loving that part of me. So there's this... Um, so part of my training is in the Buddhist tradition, and there's a story about when the Buddha became enlightened, and he sat underneath the Bodhi tree, and and Mara came, the warrior, the warriors of all the 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 challenges and the struggles of the mind and the things that that take us out of our happiness and our peace. And the the Buddha looked at Mara and said, "I see you, Mara, and I'm not going to let you distract me, but you can come and join me and have a cup of tea." And <laughs> I just love that because that's what we can do with our inner child is we just have them join us. We just say, come here and, and let's take some deep breaths together. Let's go ahead and eat this healthy meal together. Let's go ahead and set these healthy boundaries together. And I want you to know that you can trust me, that I am going to parent you now. I'm going to be the parent that you didn't receive, you know, or, you know, just help you get those needs met that you didn't receive when you were young. 
And so it's really about using our imagination, using our mind as an ally and being able to imagine that inner child joining us in our life today in a way where they feel welcome, they feel safe, they feel cared for, and they feel free. They feel free, you know, they feel free. When they feel free, we feel free. So it's a lifelong journey. It doesn't happen with a, you know, a snap of the fingers, you know, and I think that's an important piece for people to understand too, is that it doesn't happen overnight. And if we can welcome the, the lifelong journey of learning, that sets us up for success so much more, you know, if we can just look at everything that comes up for us as another learning opportunity, instead of having an expectation that it's going to happen overnight. You have such a unique and special business. How do you find, what are the best ways that you have found to market yourself? You know, that's a great question. I actually, um, people seem to find me. And so <laughs> I, I, have that. I had a feeling you would say that. <laughs> I mean, I've been really blessed that opportunities have come to me. And so it's been really wonderful that way. So, but I am stepping into a marketing in a new way. So I'm on social media and I have a new project. It's, uh, it's called a conscious cannabis journey from habit to harmony. And, um, and it, and I, I created that for people who find themselves using the plant on a regular basis and, and find that they're using it for a, a means of escape and that you know they can have they can still have the plant be in their life but be able to use it right. in a healthier way and in turn just have their life improve overall and so i am putting that message out to the big world now I'm, <laughs> I'm, it's actually it's really my dream and my vision and, and hopefully my legacy because this plant is 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 now legal in many places it's available and and yet there's really no guidebook for yeah. how to use it in the way and so my hope is, is that I can help, um, you know, a lot of people awaken who are already using the plant because it's a, it's a beautiful messenger to the divine if used in a good way. Oh, I love that. I love that. Can you tell everyone where to find you on social media? Sure. Yeah. So uh, many mindful moments is my handle on Instagram. So that's a great way to find me. And then also my website as well. Yeah. As many, as many mindful moments as well. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was just such a pleasure to talk about so many different things. I think coming out, I think for anybody who's listening, they can identify with that feeling of being like the perfectionist and needing to be needing to be what other people think we need to be. Because I know a lot of coaches who are listening have journeyed through similar experiences. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's really been wonderful to be here. All right, guys, follow this amazing woman. You can see she's got a plethora mm -hmm. of amazing information. All right, I'll see you for the next one. Bye, guys. All right, guys, that is all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, it would mean the world to me if you take just a few seconds and leave me an honest review. Truth is, I love honesty. Your reviews help me to reach even more health coaches and wellness professionals who are ready to explode their business and want the truth in this non-BS approach. You can find all the links and the information mentioned in this episode at www.rachelafeldman.com 
backslash podcast. All right, so don't forget to tag me on Instagram at Rachel A. Feldman and let me know what was your favorite part of the episode. This will help me to create even better content for you, bring on awesome peeps to tell you the truth about how they built their business, plus other speakers to help you take your business to the top without overwhelm. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys soon.